0: You're listening to the Captivatingly Confident Podcast. My name is Kim Ludeman, and I'm here to help you overcome your confidence blockers so you can embrace your true self and show up bravely in your life. This is a space to find insight, encouragement, and support so you can be you bravely. With that, let's go to the show. All right, hey everybody! Welcome to episode four of the Confident Parenting Summer Series with me, your host Kim Ludeman, and my dear friend Viva Aurora, who is a life and parenting coach who has her own practice in Southern California, and she is just amazing. And if you've missed our other episodes, you must go back check those out. We've talked about what Conscious Parenting and Positive Discipline are. That was our very first episode, which wasn't a part of the series, but is an incredible episode. It's gotten so much good feedback. Make sure you check that one out. That's episode 63. And then we've also talked about bedtime battles, lying and tattling. And today we're going to talk about something that I accidentally leaked on the last episode, Thinking that we had talked about it, but we haven't. So before we get to that, let me welcome Miss Viba back to the show. Hi, thanks so much, Kim. Great to be here. Oh, love these chats. It has been so much fun to bring confidence and parenting together. I love that. And I love that you use conscious parenting and positive discipline. To really help parents step into their confidence when it comes to parenting, not only little kids but kiddos as well, as you call them. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: absolutely. It works for all ages, and it works for their like just adults too, which is really interesting because they're they're just relationship concepts, really.
0: Yeah. It's so true. So tell us a little quick bio about yourself in case this is somebody's first episode and they don't know who you are, which I don't know how that's possible, but (laughs) for those living under a rock, who are you?
1: Well, um, so I'm Viva, and I have a practice, a coaching practice here in Southern California. As you mentioned, I see clients in person in my office, as well as through Zoom video. And I really just coach around life coaching stuff, um, transformational things, parent coaching. I use positive discipline and conscious parenting, and I teach classes, which I've been doing um, in person for almost a dozen decades. A dozen decades. Wow, that'd be a lot (laughs) That would make me really old. No, how about a dozen years? Um, And now I've taken that online. So I'm just growing and expanding in ways, as many ways as I possibly can, with the goal just to reach as many parents and people and try and shift some perspectives and how we do life.
0: Oh, I love that. And I know that just from the feedback that I've gotten about this summer series, that so many moms that have been listening have been employing these techniques and have been seeing huge wins with their kids where they weren't before. So thank you for taking time to, to teach us and to help us understand. It's just such a gift that you're giving.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. Of course. So, okay. If you listen to that episode number three of our Confident Summer Series, then you heard me talk about oatmeal. And I asked VIBA <laughs> to <laughs> recap what oatmeal meant. And we were both confused and talked about it afterward because we hadn't talked about oatmeal before. So <laughs> I'm excited to dedicate this whole episode to covering this super, super fun acronym that Vibha came up with. So, tell us, what is Oatmeal? <laughs> Yay, Oatmeal gets its own episode. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah, so so basically, Oatmeal is, um, it's all about learning mistake recovery. And so, this is part of, like, the positive discipline kind of class curriculum. We talk about mistakes. You know, Dr. Jane Nelson says, and she's the founder of Positive Discipline, she says that mistakes are opportunities for learning, which... I completely agree with, and I think that a lot of times we get into this mindset that mistakes are bad or mistakes are, you know, you get punished for mistakes or mistakes aren't okay, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that everything has to be perfect, and I think that kids kids start to feel this way, and parents, you know, adults feel this way too. There are a lot of people out there, not that you and I are one of them, but there are people who really think that like mistakes are a bad thing and they are also the same people that are convinced that they never make any mistakes. Um, so that's a mistake because <laughs> human beings make mistakes. I've, you know, it's whatever time it is right now. And I've probably halfway through my day, I've probably made at least seven mistakes just today. Um, it's what we do. It's what we do as human beings. And I think the important part is really how we recover from those mistakes and how we teach our kids to recover. So Oatmeal came about as a, um, when I was teaching social emotional skills to elementary school students, I wanted to teach them the concept of mistake recovery as well. And I needed to find a way that was going to be easy for them to remember. So the acronym Oatmeal came along and we'll break that down in just a second. And then I started using it with parents too, because it's just really simple and easy to remember. Um, so that's kind of backstory on where oatmeal came from.
0: I love that. And I love that you are so just willing to admit, like I make mistakes because it is, it is, especially if you grew up in a family where mistakes were, you received punishment for them or they Mm -hmm. weren't okay or weren't allowed or, you know, that was something that was, excuse me, shamed. And as an adult and a parent, trying to not carry that over to your kids can be really challenging. So I'm really excited to hear more about this. I think this is so prevalent for, for everyone listening, not just parents. Like you said, it's all about relationships, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I think one of the things
1: that I've noticed um, culturally, society, whatever you want to call it is some people have a really difficult time apologizing Hmm. um, because that to them perhaps signifies defeat, like they were wrong, they lost, they're not good enough, all of that. And it all ties in again to the concept of you're not allowed to make mistakes. So I'm really trying to kind of shift the perspective on what mistakes are all about. And then once they happen, it's like I said, it's what we do after the mistake. So the first thing, you know, you've heard the saying like man up, um, you know, which is like basically take responsibility. Well, I have a daughter, so it'd be kind of silly for me to tell her to man up. So I started using own up around the house when the kids were younger, like just own up. It's the opposite of blaming somebody else. You know, it's not the dog's fault. It's not the sun for shining fault. It's not that it's not the carton of milk was too full. It's none of that. Just own up, take responsibility, you know, point the finger at yourself and step up. And that's really the first step in mistake recovery is even acknowledging that it, that it happened, you know, that it occurred instead of trying to brush it away or pretend like it didn't happen. Um, so that's the, the O in oatmeal is own up. It's the first step. Um, Hmm. And then, so once, once you've got ownership of it, then the next thing is an apology. And, you know, I hear all the time and I've seen it so many times where a kid will do something and the parent will intervene and say, you know, you have to apologize right now, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's what everybody's looking at the parent to do. And then you end up with a kid who like shuffles over and is like, sorry, you know, like, or it's this like, sorry, not sorry, or well. I'm sorry, but you did, you know, it's always like this. It's not a true apology because I don't think that our kids and quite frankly, I don't think a lot of us know what an apology really is. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not just saying I'm sorry out of your mouth. Like that's pretty easy to do, but an actual sincere true apology comes from your heart, not from your mouth and you have to actually feel it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm of the thing, you know, like if a kid is not feeling Sorry, as atrocious as that may sound to the adult, that's not the time to force them to say that they're sorry because they're not. So it's going to be very difficult for it to be authentic if they're not feeling it, right?
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: um, so we can talk about other language that they can use instead of that. But for now, if we assume that there is a feeling of regret or apology, then the A in oatmeal is apologize, a heartfelt, sincere apology. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, which is really, really important because it makes a difference to the other person. Um
0: oh, totally.
1: Right? Like if you actually get a true apology versus just something that's like mumbled under their breath or like comes with all these strings and excuses, it's it's just a very different feel.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that's the apology. That's the A. And then the T, try to fix it. You know, some people stop at the A. They're like, okay, well, I owned up and I apologized. I'm done. But that's not where you finish because there's more. You can't just leave something like, well, I apologize. What do you want me to do about it? Well, you try to fix it. Um, You know, and some mistakes are fixable. And as we learn in life, other mistakes are not, you know, when there are certain things that you can't fix. But then the question is, how can I make it better? Is there anything I can do to make it better? Because that really shows that you care and you're willing to take some action to correct, to repair the mistake that was made. So um, one of the examples I always use is like when my son spilled milk all over his sister's homework. I don't remember how old they were. They were very young. And, you know, he did apologize. But then it was like, okay, well, now what's the how do you try and fix it? and it was, you know, this paper is now disintegrated in milk. You can't fix it. It's gone. So is there anything I can do to make you feel better? Can I help you, you know, rewrite it? Can I get you another piece of paper? Can I sit with you while you do it? Is there anything I can do to make it better? And then it's on the other person to say yes or no, of course, but at least you're offering, right? So... That, those are like the three main components is the oat, um, the own up, apologize, try to fix it. Um, and then the, mis- the meal part is really just a reminder for us that M is mistakes are opportunities. The E is um, for empathy, because empathy is so, so important when we're recovering from mistakes. Like understand how the other person feels, put yourself in their shoes And the ability to learn. You know, the L is for learning. What am I learning from this mistake? And don't be surprised if somebody makes the same mistake over and over again. Because I do that. I'm a grown woman and I still do the same mistake over and over again. And it's just, it's not, it doesn't make the person stupid or ignorant or there's nothing wrong with them. It's just different people learn at different rates. And it's okay to make the same mistake over and over again. As long as we're learning something each time, does that make
0: sense? Yes, and I love that. And coming at it from a place of compassion rather than judgment, mm-hmm. especially exactly. if it is someone like my hand is in the air because <laughs> I make mistakes regularly. It's something that is is hard for me because I grew up in that family we talked about in the beginning.
1: Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm.
0: Really loud and. So when I do, I feel immense pressure, guilt, and shame already. Mm. Right. I often assume that other people are feeling that way toward me as well. And so by looking at oatmeal and being able to practice that empathy, but also the compassion, can you speak a little bit more about how compassion plays into this? Especially for for, people like like all of us, we all need more compassion. That's not something that everyone's like, I'm tapped out. I'm good. Thanks. I don't need yours. Right. I'll take your right. guilt and shaming though. Can I get some more of that? Like, that's right. Not right. anything.
1: Right, right. No, absolutely. Um, so the way I define compassion is really, compassion is just empathy and action.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: it's, you take the base foundational emotional skill of empathy, which is the ability to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. You know, we've heard that over and over again. Brene Brown does a great piece on the difference between empathy and sympathy. But it's not just, it's basically not just putting yourself in their shoes, but it's really being able to internalize the feelings that must go on. Not just, yeah, I can see how that would happen, but oh, I can understand how that would feel because either I have experienced the exact same thing or something similar to it. You know, if somebody's dog passes away and I've never had a dog, but I remember when my cat passed away, I can use that reference point of emotional intelligence to be like, oh, okay, I can see how you might feel, right? So really tapping into our experiences. Um, But that doesn't mean that if you've never experienced it, that you can't reach empathy. You absolutely can. It might take a little bit more effort. So, When you use compassion, you're really just taking that empathy and you're, you're showing it. It's the action of feeling empathy. You're putting it in play either with your words or your actions. You're showing somebody that you get them, that you understand them. You know, it could be, you know, reaching out with a hand. It could be a gentle touch. It could be a hug. It could just be saying, I get you. I hear you. I understand where you're coming from, you know, Mm um, I think that's just it's just a basic thing we think of with human beings but like you said I think there's a lot of people who have forgotten how to show it <clears throat> excuse me for others and for themselves like self compassion is huge right and we forget we can show compassion for others a lot easier i think than we often do for ourselves and that's where the work is <sighs>
0: I love that. That whole last line was (laughs) gold. Oh, that's such a good nugget. That that's like the work is showing self compassion, and then when you're doing that for yourself, it's so much easier to extend that compassion to other people and that empathy when you're doing it for yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, I love that. So for parents that really struggle with, oh, how do I even want to phrase it? I'm just, I'm thinking of a couple people in my head actually. And for ones that just like, just really struggle to really practice that empathy and compassion, do you have any like tips or suggestions for how they can start to do that for themselves and for their kids?
1: I think, um, Well, I think the easier question is how do we teach our kids, you know, and then you can apply that to yourself too. It's a, the language is a little different, but I think the easiest way for me to explain it is when, you know, and I always go back to like the sandbox um, example of like your kid has just thrown sand in another kid's eye, right? Because somehow this always happens and Um, we expect our kids to be like, you know, how could you possibly do that? What were you thinking? And we go into the shame, the blame, the punishment and all that. Mm -hmm. But if you look at this as a mistake that the child made, remember, I mean, impulse control is pretty low. The frontal cortex of the brain, I'm going to geek out for a second. um, It's not even fully developed until 25, 30 years old. And yet we expect kids to have like this perfect impulse control and never let the emotions, quote-unquote, get the best of them. We can't do that as adults, and we expect the five-year-old to do it. That's just not even fair. So... Having said that, if the five-year-old has made the mistake of throwing sand in the other kid's eyes, I don't mean like, oh, I don't know what happened to my hand. Suddenly, you know, it got possessed and it threw sand. No, clearly they did it, but it was a mistake. Then we can approach it, okay, as what can we learn from this? And if I'm trying to teach my child empathy, something I might say in that situation is, you know, how do you think that Bobby felt when you threw sand in his eyes? right? It's not about what did you do wrong? It's how do you think the other person felt? What do you think that must've been like for them? So you're really encouraging to take, you're encouraging your child to take the perspective of somebody else in an emotional way. And that's what empathy is, right? And with enough practice, you can start, that kind of starts to become, it gets easier. The more practice you do, the better you get at it. Empathy is a skill that can be built. It's a muscle, but it requires the practice. And that's how we as parents, I think, can kind of help with that. Is just ask the curiosity question. Well, how do you think he felt? What do you think that was like for him? What do you think it was like to have sand in his eyes and really have that conversation with your kid so that they can start to tap into the empathy, right? And then you take the next step of, well, what do you think that they would want now? Now that they have sand in their eyes, now that it hurts, now that they've got tears and are really uncomfortable, what do you think that they, like, if it happened to you, what would you want now? Well, you know, I would want an apology and a hug. Okay, whatever it is, we're just going to narrate it along. And to do this again, as a parent, you have to have a very cool head. You can't be doing this in this, you know, one, when you're angry or reactive, Um sure. So you really have to come from a place of calmness and like, okay, this is an opportunity for me to teach my child something. And of course, and you know that I say this all the time, anything that we're trying to teach our kids, the best teacher is always ourselves doing it, us embodying whatever it is. So if we're talking about mistake recovery, we need to get really good of saying it out loud. Oops, I was supposed to go left and I went right. Mom messed up. I got to own up. Sorry about that. You guys, we're going to be a couple minutes late. There's my apology. Try to fix it. Well, you know, maybe next time I'll put it in the navi so I don't don't make that same mistake again, right? So we're narrating it for them constantly. And you did it at the beginning of the show, you know, with the fact that we, oops, accidentally talked about oatmeal last time and you owned it, right? Mm. And then the apology was there. And then we're trying to fix it by doing this whole episode on it. So it's, it all works out.
0: So good. I love that even as adults we're still learning and figuring this stuff out. It's ah, it's humbling. It's good. It is never ending. It's I mean, that's what it's all about. I love it. Right. Well, and I do love that it's, you know, it's universal. It's not like, okay, well, you struggle with mistakes. So therefore, here's the special thing that you have to do. It's like, no, this is universal. Everyone, no matter what age they are, makes mistakes and learning. Tri- like tips like oatmeal can be so helpful especially if you haven't had a lot of experience with the empathetic side of this it's more of the shame and judgment side so i just i love that you brought this up and that we got to talk about it today this is so great
1: yeah it's been fun thank you
0: so real quick um since today is july 30th uh you have a positive discipline parenting class that's opening today right
1: Yes, it actually is open for registration now. Our fall round starts September 4th, um, so that's a Wednesday. So registration is open, and you'll have the link there. I would love to see some of your people in there. That would be awesome.
0: Uh, and what can they expect in this positive discipline, discipline, <laughs> discipline <laughs> class? What can they look forward to learning?
1: Well, they're going to lose 50 pounds and they're going
0: to win
1: about $100,000 in six weeks. <laughs> so, um, it's really just about giving parents a different way of looking at parenting, um, shifting the perspective, giving us as parents some tools, a lot of stuff that we've talked about here you know, on the podcast, some tools to really navigate um, and understand what's really going on underneath their children's. Misbehavior and behaviors, so that we can put in some long term solutions. It's about looking at the big picture. Um, as Julie Lithcott Holmes says, you know, we're raising adults, not children, and it's really just shifting the focus onto the long game.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. I love it. So, yes, you can definitely find links in the show notes to Miss Viba's class, and I will also put those on social media. So, you can find those in the Captivatingly Confident Facebook group. You can also find it at iParent plus The Nest. That's Viva's Facebook group. And is there a website where you have more information about this?
1: Yes, they can go to viva-aurora.com and we can put that in the show notes as well because it's a difficult name to spell.
0: <laughs> it's true. When I first saw it, I was like, oh shoot, I don't <laughs> know how to say that.
1: <laughs> and now you do.
0: <laughs> now I do. And I'll never forget. Okay, my friend. Well, thank you so much for today. I cannot wait for our next episode, which is going to be launching on August 13th. So make sure that you've subscribed to the Captivatingly Confident Podcast so that you don't miss out. We have two two more, right? I believe so, yeah. Yes, two more. So if you have any parenting questions or topics that you would like Vibha and I to kind of riff and talk about, make sure you email those to me, Kim at CaptivatinglyConfident.com. And I want to make sure and get those from you so that we can chat about it. We've got some great topics lined up, but we're always looking for more to kind of ponder and add in as well. So, Vibha, thank you so much. Thank you. So fun, as always. Always. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Captivatingly Confident. I am so excited that you're here and investing in yourself. If you want to learn more about Captivatingly Confident, you can visit my website, CaptivatinglyConfident.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at Kim.Ludeman. Thank you so much for hanging out today. If you would like to, I invite you to subscribe to the show and also to leave a rating and review on iTunes. Every single review means so, so much to me and it helps to get the word about Captivatingly Confident out and to help change women's lives. I'll see you next time.